Welcome to Second Win, the podcast where we uncover the stories, methods, and modalities of women and men who have found their purpose while walking this earth. Sometimes they found their second win by accident, sometimes by hardship, and sometimes by intent. There is always something to learn from others and really isn't finding our own purpose what we are all looking for. I know I am. And that's why I'm hosting this very podcast. My name is Wendy Charles McGuire. Thank you for listening and let's get to it. Hello, Second Wind. Meet Stephanie Hess. She's an ex-Fortune 500-er, a business coach, a mentor, a rule breaker, a trusted advisor, a feminine leadership crusader, and a mother, brand new mother, actually. Her son was born the day after my granddaughter was born. So that's kind of fun. We were talking about both having clean hair yesterday and hair that was down for the first time. And both babies were pulling at our hair. And I was like, oh, they like clean hair. So that was, it's really fun, the two generational thing going on here. And what I love about Stephanie is not only does she believe in the idea of a greater energy force, she harnesses this to connect to and guide her clients. And her tagline is where the work meets the woo. So welcome Stephanie to Second Wind, the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Well, thank you. We thought we both agreed that the spirit guides were messing with us. This when we were trying to get on, she was on, I was off. The wrong, the wrong person kept showing up on the link. <laughs> like so we They were trying to throw us off, but not not today. Yes, but they agreed. They agreed that we got it and we're good to go. So Stephanie, you have a really interesting moment of clarity that brought you to your second wind. Can you share that with us? So I was, this was a few years back. I remember it vividly. It was the holiday season. It was a few days after Christmas, I want to say. I was home for the holidays on break. I was working in Manhattan where I had built a career over half a decade at that point. And things were going really well on the outside and on paper. Yet on the inside, I was in turmoil. And I, I really didn't realize it at the time, but I knew that something had to change. And I just remember being on that couch at home a few days after Christmas, the idea that I was going to have to go back into the office, back into work in a few days, it, it felt terrifying. I felt sick to my stomach. The thought of doing it and, and commuting and everything, it was just, it was a, such a feeling that I decided to say a prayer. And I just remember asking God to show me a sign, any sign for what I was to do next. Because I just sensed that there was something, something that needed to change. And it was about a few minutes later, I pull out the laptop computer, I log on to the Google, you know, having a good time jumping around different pages. And suddenly this banner ad appears on the right side of my screen. And it was for a coaching certification. And so this was 2015. I know that coaching has been around, yet to me, I was in my own corporate bubble. I really wasn't that familiar or, or tapped into the world of coaching. And I saw this and I thought, 
hmm, that's really interesting. Coaching. And something really weird happened where I didn't even question it. I just knew that that was the sign that I was looking for, asking for. And so I kind of wait, went wait, wait, on. I have to interrupt you. I have to. Yeah. How did you know? Because people are going to say, and that's what we're all trying to figure out, right? Like, apparently we get signs all the time, but it's a matter of knowing what they are and honing. How did you know? Yeah. So this is what I'm going to call that woman's intuition, which is just really real. And I was so lucky in that moment to, for my intuition to grab that sign, because what happens, I think a lot of times is to your point, we are getting signs and it's just really up to us to be available to receive them and to be open to them. And that was the moment for me where I really got it. And I know that there were other signs along the way, maybe a couple of years in the making, and I just was missing them. This one I got loud and clear. I just felt it differently. And I just, I trusted, I trusted. And so the rest is sort of history from that point. Wow. Okay. So you saw this thing about coaching. You said, oh, that's it. You're sitting on your parents' couch on break from your work. You are, and we'll get into this, you are very successful. You worked at some highfalutin companies and you made a lot of money. And now you're like, I think I'm going to take this course and go into the world of the unknown. Were you like questioning yourself thinking, this is nuts. Can I share something that just happened when, when I heard you say that? Yes, please. Hearing you say you were very successful, there's still a part of me that doesn't fully embrace or own that. Yes, on paper, I suppose I was. But I think it's because I felt so, I was so not nourished inside that all of the success on the outside, I really wasn't even connecting to all of that. So. That was like kind of a little light bulb, a ding that went off when I heard you say that. I wanted to to throw that out there because, yeah, I think that we can be and feel successful or, or look successful. But if we don't feel that on the inside, that's a whole different thing. But anyway, to get to your question, did I question that? You know, I, I didn't. I think up until that point, I had always pushed back on the signs and there was always some resistance there. And in that moment, for some reason, I just, I was like in both feet, I jumped in, I jumped into the deep end and I knew that I needed to make some investments. I enrolled in that coaching, that very coaching certification. I enrolled in it. I started the course. I think it was January 6th. So like a week or two later, I was in. Wait, didn't you grab your dad and say, let's go. I got to get a new computer. I did do that. I did do that. He had this new MacBook. That was actually the laptop that I was I was on. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to need, if I'm going to do this the right way, I'm going to need to to upgrade my tech. And so I knew that I, in order to take the course, I needed to get a new computer. And yep, we went to Best Buy. And yeah, I got a new laptop and we were in. Okay. And we'll, we'll circle back to how successful 
hopefully you are feeling about what you're doing now because you are, and it is, and you're, and you're changing lives and, and helping people in so many ways. But let's go back. Let's dive in because that's kind of a really good segue to who Stephanie is and kind of some of the struggles and things that you were feeling and how you overcame them to even get to this point. Yeah, well, it has been a work in progress. And I have always been someone to do the work, put in the work, put in the effort. And yet there's an impatience that I can have. And so one of the biggest lessons in this journey has been, you know, trusting the process and really understanding that like there was so much healing I had to do for me in order to get to the place and the point to be able to to help others with their healing. And that has been really humbling. When I was at the peak of success, I was also at the peak of unhealthiness. I was struggling in a lot of ways. I remember it would be eight o'clock at night. I would be sitting in my office and there would be these fancy cookie platters left over from an office party earlier in the day. I mean, we always, there was food around us constantly. And I just remember I needed something. I needed something to satisfy this hunger I was feeling, both in the literal sense and metaphorical. And I went and devoured this entire tray of leftover cookies. And I got so sick. And I felt so embarrassed. And the self-talk and the judgment and the way that I was speaking to myself, it was so not kind. It was so harsh. And this was a cycle that really went on for several years. And at the same time, I was single. I was so wanting a relationship. I remember crying myself to sleep at night. I felt so alone, so isolated. So again, it's like, you know, on paper to the outside world, I had a lot going on and I don't want to downplay. You were that girl. I was that, that girl. You were that girl. You were like, cause you're gorgeous and you got the fancy car, you got the stuff, you got the positions. I mean, you're that girl, but on the inside, you were not feeling nourished. Yeah. And you know, that's also something I definitely don't want to take away from the the great privileges, the many privileges and opportunities that I've had in my life. And yes, I've worked very hard for all of them, but I definitely don't want to take away from from that reality. And yeah, I was I was struggling. I was at my lowest of lows and I just craved more. I was hungry for more contribution. I was hungry for more freedom, for more autonomy. I was hungry for more time with family. I left home, you know, went to college and and lived in a different state and city. And I lost so many years not having time with my beloved grandparents and and parents and and you know, all of the things. So there was just so much as I got older that I started realizing. I need to figure this out because I'm not living in a way that is 
really lining up with what my core values are. Were you working like when you say missed time, was that because you weren't, you didn't have the time or didn't find the time or couldn't afford to have the time to go visit? Is that why? Yeah. Between the weekly work schedule and then in many instances, I was traveling. It was really difficult to make the time to get back to what was home, which was a a few hours away. And so there would be, you know, months on months, stretches of time where, you know, I was missing out. And then I just remember getting the call. I was at a meeting in LA and my mother called me to say that I, I needed to get home because my grandmother was probably not going to last more than a day. She had been battling Alzheimer's. You know, she was the closest person to me in my life. And so to get that call to be 3,000 miles on the other side of the country, thank God, by the grace of God, I did make it back. And yeah, that's another another story. But I did make it back to be with her in her last moments. But just little things that are the big things in life that I was no longer willing to sacrifice. Right. And when you said you hit rock bottom, you had shared with me that there was this night and you went to the corner store. You want to share that? Because that was when you also had your revelation. I think it really was a revelation. Yeah. This was another one of those late, late days, late nights in the office. I was on my way home. I was about a block away from, from my my apartment and there was this mom and pop quarter store and I went in I bought a couple pints of Ben and Jerry's ice cream Oreos chips ahoy like you name it it was in my basket and I think the cash register rung up 20 20 of, of junk food and I took it home And I sat in front of the TV alone. And again, I just had this feeling of, of such deep hunger, but not like, like I had eaten dinner. It wasn't like I was really hungry. It was this other kind of hunger. Yet I used the junk food to try and tame it or, or help. And I ate every, every last drop of ice cream, every last bite of cookies. And I got so sick. And it was that night, I'm not sure why or how, again, I think it's just a a divine intervention. And I know that so many women, especially high achieving women, really struggle and battle with eating disorders. And it's not always a simple fix. In many cases, it's not. For me personally, something happened where that night I said to myself, Steph, this is going to be the last time. Like for real, this is the last time we're doing this. And something just clicked in my body and it really was the last time. And I'm so grateful to be able to say that again, because I know how many people struggle with this for many, many years and decades even. And that was the last time. Did that coincide with you reading the book? What was the name of that book? You said, where it said it wasn't you that was broken? Oh, that was Patriarchy Stress Disorder, an amazing book. Shout out to Dr. Valerie Wren. It's 
it's such crucial work. So that actually came a bit farther down the road. And again, it was just another piece of the puzzle. It unlocked a deeper layer of knowing for me where even more so it started really clicking in. Because yeah, for so long, I just questioned myself, like, what is wrong with me? Why am I behaving and feeling this way? This isn't normal. And this was in a time, and it wasn't that many years ago, but even we've come so far in such a short amount of time as a culture. Back then, you didn't you didn't hear women really talking about these things, or at least I didn't in the circles that I was in. And it wasn't until I got into the world of coaching and the spiritual development, personal growth, where a lot of these topics were discussed. It wasn't a taboo thing. Things like this were normalized in a way. And that is what, like when I heard another woman, a really successful brilliant woman talking about her struggles with this eating disorder, it unlocked so much healing in me. And I thought, wow, so I need to then pay it forward. I need to be really gracious in talking about my own struggles and challenges because like this person did for me, I want to be able to to do that for other women. It's so interesting too. And one of the things you told me as to what was going on with you in all the jobs that you were in and, and the success, the ladder that you were climbing was, it was really a man's world and you were just consumed with masculine energy. And that was the do, 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 achieve, achieve, achieve. Just keep looking straight ahead, right? The going through the motions and, and never really taking a few steps back and reflecting. Yeah, it's so true. What's really interesting is I was working simultaneously in two different industries. I was in cosmetics and, and the beauty world, but I also was in professional sports working with a National Basketball Association team. And so I truly had firsthand experience of what it's like to be one of the few women in an industry. And that in and of itself brings forward a lot of really interesting dynamics. And then in the female-driven industry of cosmetics and beauty, where there are a few men, it's mostly women, the interesting piece is the women were operating under these very masculine paradigms. So it's quite remarkable how the masculine way of operating truly is a driving force behind many things even in workplaces and, and in teams that are mostly women. It's what we've been, what's been modeled for us. It's what, it's how we've been taught to show up. It's, it's been the blueprint we've been given as women entered the workforce, how to create success in this man's world. You know, that makes me think you saying that maybe that's one of the reasons it's been such a struggle for women, especially mothers, women who decide to have children and still keep their jobs and be successful because of that masculine energy. Like it shouldn't be one or the other. Like, why can't you have both and not kill yourself doing it? But you're right. We haven't created, hopefully it's getting better now. I don't know. I'm not in that role now, but I mean, it doesn't seem like it with my daughter. You know, she 
three weeks out, she was back at work. And hey, we'll talk about this and this when you when you fill your schedule up. It's like, well, it's only been nine weeks. I'm going to take my 12 weeks. But it creates stress. And I'm wondering if that's because of that masculine energy that has defined what the work place needs to look like. It could be. And I think that we're living in a time where, and I think this is something that the pandemic also taught us. You hear so much that there was such a focus on slowing down and taking care of ourselves and wellness became such a, a force during, you know, 2020 and beyond. And I think there, there are more conversations happening around like, okay, what really matters in life? Like, how can we bring in more of the feminine right now? Because clearly the way we've been doing things as a society, as a culture, it's really not working that well anymore. I mean, you're, you know, there's the great resignation where millions of people left the workforce, many of which were women. To your point, so many women couldn't return to work because they had to, to take care of the children. So, you know, and I think too, with earlier generations, there is a lot more like true equality with our male counterparts as far as you know, entering into relationships, it's pretty, it's just different than what it was. You know, the women can work and make a great living and not have to do every single thing around the household like maybe our mothers and grandmothers did. There's really, truly more of a shared balance, if you will. And that's not to say that, you know, I mean, I still have moments where I feel overwhelmed and I still have moments where I snap back. I was sharing with you before this session, like yesterday, I was back in an old pattern where I tried to do too much. I had the voice in my head, like you need to be a, a good partner, a good mom and do X, Y, and Z today. And I ended up crashing last night. And, you know, like I realized, oh my gosh, like you're back in this old patterning. Stop. Take a minute. Breathe. Yeah. You had a baby nine weeks ago, for goodness sake chill out. But it's good news. Yeah. And I think some of the younger women I have had on the Second Wind podcast, we have discussed that, that they're starting to figure out they don't have to follow the rules that were, were laid down before them. They don't have to get married right away and have children. They don't have to pick one or the other. They're finding their purpose a lot sooner and they're more open to it. So I'm glad you, you said that. That's really important. And it's important to know with that, Wendy, that like, thank goodness we had the previous generations pave the way. Like, they were the true pioneers for why we can, why that can be our reality today. So I think it's important to really note that. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Standing on the shoulders, right? So here you are. You're starting. You say, okay, I'm going to, I'm starting to coach. I'm going to coach. And you enroll in the class. Then what happens? You enroll in the class. Do you? You didn't just quit your job, did you? No, Lord, no. So something happened where I I luckily made an early distinction that, okay, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to be a coach, then I should probably have a coach of my own. And so I really quickly connected to, she was a life coach at the time, but I connected to this gal who really, really helped me figure out how I was going to 
to leave, how I was going to really launch the coaching business. She helped me put together my exit plan. And so we worked together for six months. And then it was the end of July. I'll never forget it. July 27th, when I officially walked out of that glass glass building, the ivory tower. And you walked out. So you really stuck to your plan of six months. I do. That, that's my personality. When I have a target, when I have a plan, I'm pretty good with the follow through. Yet, I don't know that I would have done it without that person in my ear, just reminding me of what really was on the other side. Because I had no idea. I was kind of jumping off a, you know, into the deep end off a cliff. Yeah. You still don't know. And you're still, you still are going to be the one who's going to write your own paycheck now. That's scary. Now, tell us how the spiritual side kind of crept into this. Because there was a couple of times when you suddenly, again, something interesting happened and you found yourself, say, on a yoga mat and things like that. You want to share? Because it, it was an evolution. Yeah. When I started really going deep in like slowing down and doing the health coaching certification, which is what I did in the very beginning. It was really that that started unlocking like the truth of what holistic health and wellness looks like. And so it started with, I remember being educated how to read food labels. That was one of the first things they taught us. And then that carried over into my beauty products. Like I, I was a veteran in the beauty industry and yet I had never thought, oh my gosh, I should probably know the ingredients that are in my products. And then that carried into home cleaning products. And so it was like this slow ripple effect that was just happening in different areas of my life. And then other things were coming in. Like I, I was always moving up the baseline, so like one, one thing after the next, right? So it started there and then I'm dabbling in yoga classes. I started doing that on the weekend and I was connecting to more peace. I was actually starting to feel more settled and more grounded in my soul. And this looked like I remember I would, it wasn't uncommon for me to call home during my commute home from the office and just be venting to whoever was on the other end about how stressful the day was. And that was something that I was really doing from a place, probably like a disempowered place. But that phone call started happening less and less the more that I was working on me feeling better inside. So the yoga mat was helping with that. And then I kind of reconnected in my relationship with my God that had looked a little funny all throughout my 20s. I was kind of rebelling things that I had learned and been taught growing up. I got back to, you know, that area of my life. And just one thing after the next started to, like the dots were being connected. I was changing the podcast that I was listening to. I started really being interested in 
the self-development, self-help world. The books that I was reading were changing. I was reading a lot less, you know, like business journals and, you know, more woo-woo, like spiritual type of things. And I just noticed every time I was engaging in, in one of those things, I was feeling good. I was feeling better. And that was the feeling that that's all that I needed. And I just continued to follow that and chase that. So just so we know, you didn't start off wanting to be a business coach, right? So you thought, well, I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to learn how to be healthy. I'm going to teach other people how to be healthy. And that's how you started. And then you kind of just expanded from there. What brought you to being the coach that you are now? I was doing the health coaching and enjoying it, yet something wasn't clicking. And again, I got quiet and I just was kind of letting things come in. And there was something that came to me where I just craved, I craved connection. And this was pre-COVID. So it's like I was, I went from the office setting to having my own business, yet working remotely and working by myself day in, day out. And I really missed being with people. And so I found my way to a local in-person networking thing at the time. And I just naturally, I started making the invitation to people to help them with their business. And I remember this terrified me back then. To me, like I I did not see myself as a business coach and it really scared me to start putting that out there. Well, why? Why do you think that was scaring you? I think it was a bit of imposter stuff that, that comes up, like feeling like a fraud. Like how can I call myself a business coach? And you have to start, right? Like you have to start somewhere. And even though I had this 10-year background in, in the business world, it was just a really scary thing for me. And I, I still remember that. But I decided to go all in and I went for it and I, I started showing up and I made a lot of mistakes. I remember just cringing, you know, whenever I had to make a pitch or explain what I did, I did it terribly, but I was in and I did it anyway and, you know, built that muscle and or got, did my reps, as some people will say, and the rest is history. and. I think it was because I made a few of those bigger decisions in the beginning, it made it easier for the universe to do its part and to really start making the connections, like bringing, ascending the, the soulmate clients my way and the really fun, juicy opportunities. And here we are. Here I am talking to, to your amazing spirit. Oh, thank you. That's really neat how it just kind of evolved. And you can actually, as you told me in, in our pre-interview, you can sit there and look back and know that it was because you were willing to listen to your own intuition that it allowed you to feel confident in that, that gut feeling that we all have, tend to follow it and not talk yourself out of it. And what, even in the middle of not knowing and getting clients, right? the scariness. What kept you going to keep? It's so easy. You say, okay, okay, this is uncomfortable. And I have to get, I would like to get some more clients. And I know you were lucky enough to have clients right away. But 
it's still scary. What prevented you from talking yourself out of it that you can share with the audience? I think I had a client initially and I felt like I had hit the jackpot. And then that the rest of that year, I maybe had two more. And I still that I felt that was exciting, but yet it it was not, you know, nothing that would pay the bills, right? And what really carried me, what supported me, my anchor was something so much bigger than me. And I know that's abstract. It's like, again, it's this connection. It, it was more spiritual. It was this feeling like I was here. I'm here to do something that's bigger than I could imagine. And I just felt this calling over my life. Wow. I think we all would like to feel that. It might be presumptuous to say that we all can, but I do believe that. it's It comes through presence. It comes through stillness. It comes through those quiet moments that you might have in the shower or out on a walk. It doesn't have to be this, you know, grandiose message that you're waiting for. But the the more tuned in, dialed in that we can be to receiving those messages, you know, which I know that I missed many of them over the years, that's really what is going to unlock what that next step is, what that next action is for you to take. Oh, well said. Okay. That was great. So tell us now that you've evolved into this coaching, what does that look like? Take us through a client coming to you. With, what is it that you can offer them? It's interesting because so now I get to support such beautiful humans on their business building journey. And what tends to be the case for a lot of coaches, not always, of course, but usually our, our dream clients are us in a way. They're, they're, they might be a few steps behind where you're at. It's so funny because a lot of people spend so much time trying to figure out who their ideal client is. And really simply, it, it's you maybe a few a few months or a few years ago in many cases. So now I really just get to help people that know that they're here, that have that hunger that I once, that I had and, and still still have, because there's always more to do and more to be. It is helping them to bring that forward and bring that to the world in a way that just really supports their healing, their growth of the people that they're meant to to work with. So, you know, you can, there's so much boring language out there. Like you help, I help people, you know, generate six figures in six months, blah, 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 blah. And I just, I hate that stuff. Yeah, we create some really amazing financial results together, but it's it's so much deeper than that. It's it's this beautiful unlocking of who you are at your core and how to use that in a way that it's just unleashed, unleashed on the world and it supports the best quality of life for you. That's what I get to do every day. That's amazing. Tell me, okay, I got two questions. One is, can you give us an example of you know, no names, of course, but a client of yours where you saw them at the beginning and then you watched and helped with the evolution of them and then said, 
aha, this is why I'm here. And then my second question is, where are you at now in your journey? There is a lovely client who I've had the pleasure of working with for over a year now. And when we started, she was just trying everything, everything to to make it work. And I remember so vividly being where she was. And I know the pain of that. I know the challenge of that. And so working with her a week after week and developing a process that felt really good for her to do, to show up for, and watching her take this and make it her own and start serving the people that are out there just praying for her. It's such a ripple effect. And that's what really matters to me. It's that there are these clients that are then they care so much about helping people that they're going out and doing that in a way that I just get to watch the ripple effect of that. And it's trickles down to the client's clients, to the client's clients, spouses and families and children. And, you know, like that as coaches, that's what we get to do. And it's just amazing. But anyway, this client, to see her now, to just know exactly what she needs to do to create success in a way that she doesn't have to question it anymore. Like she knows that by doing these couple of things, she's going to create what she wants over here. And the the relief that that gives her and the excitement that that gives her, it is just, I can't put it into words. That's amazing. So where are you at? I'm just getting started, Wendy. Are you? <laughs> I am. I really feel like I, I'm just getting started and I'm humbled every day. There is so much that I have to learn and I am a curious person. I've been obsessed with learning my whole life and I love nothing more than figuring out how to be a better coach and CEO and sister, daughter, mother, partner, friend, all of those things. I'm always after that. And I think I will never stop learning and never stop chasing that. And yeah, I guess I'm I'm really just a, a big work in progress. I think we all are. Yeah. Or do you feel like now as a new mom, you have a different perspective? Did that already happen for you? Like, it's happened pretty quickly for my daughter. And I was wondering, like, she's looking at things completely differently now about work and the house and like where she wants to be and her relationship with her husband and where her priorities may want to lie now. Has that being a new mom a day after my daughter, and it can't not affect you. It just can't, right? So I'm just curious how that is seeping into your, it has to, into your coaching career. You know, it's the biggest thing is I have such a better understanding now of what it is truly to be a mom, of course, going through it now and why that's important. It's important for a lot of reasons, but I can better relate to many of my clients 
Because yeah, I'm a business coach, but we look at every part, every category of your life. It's all interconnected. And I just feel like I get even more of their struggles now. And I can be an even better coach to them now that I'm a mom. So that's that's one big thing. It also is giving me so much gratitude for my own mother. And we have unlocked just different layers of our relationship because I can really truly say to her, like, I really get it now. And I'm so grateful. Like, I'm so grateful for everything that you have, that you are and have done. And the other pieces, I just want to, again, be the best me. I want to have healed all my traumas, all my stuff in the best way that I can so I can empower him, elevate him, support him, guide him. There's nothing more important to me than that, to be the best mom that he needs me to be so he can fulfill whatever it is that, that he is here to fulfill and to be. And, and I just want him to have the happiest, healthiest life that he can possibly have. That's beautifully said. There's not a new mother that wouldn't agree with you on all of those points. One thing I, I don't know if I have a clear grasp on, the woo meeting the work, work meeting the woo. What does that look like? Yeah. A client actually said that to me. And so I didn't make that up. That comes from somewhere. But a client said, like, in a nutshell, that's what you do. And I thought, oh, interesting. You know, I am a high, high achieving woman. I always have been. I have really big desires, really big goals, really, you know, I have a lot that I want to achieve. And I think that I'm each day I get closer to allowing that part of myself thrive in a way that doesn't lead to burnout or thickness or exhaustion or resentment which is how the old me was operating for many years. So it's this delicate balance of doing the things, doing the work, showing up, taking the actions, making the invitations, doing bold stuff paired with the slowdown, the rest, the play, the fun, the white space on the calendar. I used to think that success looked like having every nook and cranny on my calendar completely full. And now success is, well, how much white space can I actually fit onto, onto the calendar this week? What a good shift. Because you and I were talking about that. Because with my coach, we came up with the idea of, wow, you've always felt validated by always doing, having things you've done. How many things did you do today? And so when you have that, free time or space, the white space, you search to fill it instead of doing the things that will help you enrich yourself, step back, be creative, allow that space to happen because then we end up being more productive and probably more succinct in what we should be doing. And you and I were talking about that. And that's also a very masculine thing is to fill the calendar up and check all the boxes. It's very interesting. And of course, now, now you have a, a nine-week-old baby, and so life is a little bit 
chaotic, I would imagine. <laughs> what do you do or what have you done that keeps you motivated and going? Because you're giving to others, right? That's part of your job is, is giving and steering and guiding and all that. I've gotten really good at accepting that when I take care of me and when I do prioritize that, like that needs to happen first and then I can take care of everyone else. And that was a really hard thing to shift because I grew up observing that as a woman, as a mother, you don't put yourself or your needs first. They go last. And they might never happen in a day by the time that you're done taking care of everything else. So that was a really hard thing for me to ease into and accept without feeling selfish or guilty about it. And I still navigate that. But what this looks like for me is I know that like I need to wake up. I need to feed myself. Even if it's like something really, really quick, I need to get that nourishment in. I need to move my body in some way. Now, I'm not going to have 30, 45 minutes every day like I used to getting a workout in, but maybe it's, you know, me and the baby, we're out on a walk at a certain time. It's, it's getting the sunshine. It's getting, it's getting the blood flowing. I need to... It's a little foggy right now and, and we're still figuring it all out. But I would say that, well, the third thing would be is the connection to the purpose. So doing something to feed my need to be in my purpose every day, working on my mission. If it's being here with you, this is nourishing to me in so many ways. If it's doing a call with a potential client, if it's supporting a client or or leading one of my groups or masterminds, like something every day to fuel that need I have for purpose and mission. So right now, those three things, the nourishment, the movement, and the purpose, if I can find a little time for those three things, that really takes, I know I'm taking taking care of myself in a way that I need, and then I can show up and do anything that I need to for the people around me. That's a really good point. It's a really good point to, you know, the same thing. Put your oxygen mask on before you help others. It's that same thing. And that was said today like three times in different interviews and things. That's so interesting that it's happening again right now. But it's so true. Do you have a mantra or anything that you say every day or? journaling or do you wake up and have a ritual? It's actually, it's a voice that I hear and it informs everything that I do. And I wish that I, I should be able to give credit to, to where this comes from. And I, it's, I'm, I'm just losing where it's from, but basically it's that everything is always working out perfectly for me. It might be Bob Proctor. I know what you're thinking of every day in every way. Yes. Every day and everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything is always working out perfectly for me. An example of this was I was due to give birth and we were also moving around like the same week. It just was a crazy timing. And we got the call the day before we were scheduled to move that something didn't pass inspection. We basically, we couldn't move and it had to be pushed back a month, 
which meant that we would need to, or we would basically need to figure out new plans for the first four weeks with a newborn and figure out our living situation. The old me would have been so frustrated, so angry, wanting to throw a fit. And in that moment, I just knew, like I heard that voice, everything is always working out perfectly for me, for us. And that gave me such relief. It grounded me so much in that moment. My partner was like, you're really chill right now. You're really relaxed. And I said, yeah, because I'm trusting like there is a reason this happened. And of course there was. It was that we got to spend the first four weeks at my parents' house where my mother took such amazing care of me, postpartum me. They got the time with their grandson in a way that was so magical. And that is exactly what needed to happen. But you wouldn't have known you needed that to know to even ask for that. I love that that happened for you. It's amazing as we tap into this energy and realize that everything that comes our way, we just need to be fluid. That's my word. Fluid with it. Let it in. Okay, this isn't happening the way I thought it was, right? But that's okay. Let it go and be present with what you're, what's now in front of you and make the most of it. Yes. Yes. I, I once heard someone had said, and this, this, never left me. Be like the ocean. Let life roll in. And if you're not loving something, just let it roll back out. Let it roll off. Back out to sea. Be like the ocean. Let it go. Let it go. Yeah. And you said something really interesting that I wrote down, which was who we are being is way more important than what we are doing. Can you share a little bit about that? One of the biggest lessons of my life being this chronic doer, ticking all the boxes, having all the checklists. When I got that, everything in my world just shifted. And now it's kind of like, how can I do even less and create such a beautiful life? And so much of that comes in who I'm choosing to be moment to moment and how I'm choosing to to show up and the energy that I'm bringing into spaces and places and sessions and conversations. All of that is so important. It's like we're always emanating, giving off a signal that's saying, you know, like you you meet someone and or, or like the Demi Dark Cloud, she walks into a room and just zaps all the energy from it. That's when I started really connecting to that. There's so much truth in that because we all are are putting off signals based on where we are energetically. And if you are experiencing and thinking and believing negative emotions, whether it's anger, frustration, guilt, shame, apathy, whatever it is, you are putting that out into the world. And so you'll get a lot more of that back. And so the being piece for me, like, I want to be empowered. I want to be happy, content, joyous. You know, I want, I want to feel like that. And I, I understand that it's my responsibility to create that. So that's been an awesome 
interesting, fascinating journey. And also part of where the work meets the woo, like that's where that comes in. That's the woo over here that some people listening might be like, what? What is she talking about? But it's really, really interesting stuff. Tapping into people's, uh, let me know if I'm right here. You help people tap into their potential to create the life they really want, would you say? And how that can integrate in a successful business life? Yeah, we're we're really creating alignment in who you are, what you want to do, and how you want to do it. I mean, that says it all right there. That's brilliant. Brilliant, darling. Do tell us how to get in touch with you. How should people find you? Where will they find you? StephanieHessCoaching.com is our site. And you can find us on LinkedIn, on Instagram, at StephanieHessCoaching.com. Perfect. And it's a great website. I suggest everyone take a look. And if you are in the market for a coach, or even if you may think you need one, this is a good one, people. I'm just saying. I have enjoyed speaking with you so much. You have a beautiful soul. There's lots we talked about in the pre-interview that we didn't get to, but of course, everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. And I congratulate you on your little boy and his name again, Javen. Javen. I congratulate you. And I will never forget his birthday. Ah, same here. Same here, grandmama. You have the little Clarabelle. Yes. Who knows? Maybe they'll meet each other someday. You never know. You never know. We might have a match. We might have a match. Yes. But your energy is beautiful. And I hope, I'm pretty sure people will feel your calming, grounded energy through this episode and your thoughtfulness and your genuineness. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Beautiful soul. And I really appreciate your time. I adore you. Ah, I adore you. I'm so glad that we did this. You are doing amazing, important things in the world. You wear a lot of hats and you do it all with just a lot of grace. And so thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, thanks. And until next time, breathe in your second wind. Thank you for listening today. I hope that something you heard made you smile, made you think and made you feel. If these incredible stories empowered you, awakened you, or left you feeling inspired, make sure to share with a friend and write us a review on iTunes so we can continue to change lives through this content. Make sure you tag us while you're listening on our Facebook group, My Second Wind, or hit the link in the show notes to join the conversation. Until next time, go ahead and breathe in your second wind.